Kentucky guy. Hey, it's me, Donnie Cage. And we are the hosts of Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Between the two of us, I have 25 years of wrestling experience. Amazing, Donnie. Uh, I actually have 30 years, so that's 55 years of wrestling watching experience which just is amazing. Hey, once again, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, if you're new, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, no matter where you're listening to us from. Uh, we do drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday, so be sure to check us out on our other episodes. Uh, Donnie and I always have a lot of fun, and uh, we like bringing you guys and involving you into the conversation. We do talk about wrestling past present and future superstars and promotions all right donnie let's get out of here buddy hey hope you guys enjoy the show thanks and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the Kentucky Guy, along with... Donnie Cage. Oh, he's right on cue tonight. All right, let's give him a big round of applause. There he is. Only took me 12 tries. <laughs> How's it going, sir? It's going great. I'm loving the weather. I'm down the Jersey Shore right now as we do this podcast. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful day here in the great state of Kentucky as well. Uh, we do have a very special guest with us today. Before we get into that, though, just a couple of house cleaning tips. If this is your first time listening, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. Uh, we are on all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and then the others as well. Uh, we do drop new episodes here every Wednesday or Monday. Sorry about that. Every Monday and Friday. Also, Donnie, he hosts, uh, go ahead, sir. What's the name of that? Caged Voice, right? The Uncaged Voice Podcast, which streams on Twitch. There you go. Uh, and uh, also, for you, rest, uh, if you like current news and politics, uh, you can always check out the Red Pill Current News Podcast that I host. Uh, we drop new episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, also, if you ever want to be a guest on the show or have any comments for us, uh, you can always reach out at OL Kentucky spelled out OL Kentucky 99 at yahoo.com. Don't forget, we are on all social media platforms as well. All right, let's get into it. I want a big round of applause uh, for uh, once again, he's coming back to join us and happy to have him here. Uh, former professional wrestler and host of Buzzing with Marlowe podcast, Mr. Warren Marlowe. Yes. Hey. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, bud. Kentucky guy, how you doing, man? I'm excited. I am uh I am glad you're here, sir. Uh yeah, I'm glad you're here, man. Uh you got that last match coming up and we'll get more into that. Uh, yes, sir. And then uh also though, I want to go over uh a couple things that happened 
Uh, what a time, man, to be a pro wrestling fan. <laughs> crazy time, crazy. I told you the revolution was coming. Hey, absolutely, brother. And, uh, you know, so here, here's a headline from, uh, well, this is actually Mr. Cage's favorite person. Uh, headline, uh, anybody with uh, F potential whatsoever, uh, wrestling veteran uh, brutally shuts down former WWE champion spot with Daniel Garcia. Uh, and that is Jim mm -hmm. Cornette. Uh, he said uh, WWE might have dropped the ball when it came to Daniel Garcia, but AEW, the star seems to have a bright future. He's not saying this, by the way. This is me right. saying this. Uh, he uh, briefly made an appearance on WWE on 205, but uh, here is Mr. Cornette's uh, quote. Uh, 30 minutes of Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia, two out of three falls on national television. Can you imagine if they gave them that spot to Ricky Starks, Cornette said, uh, to anybody with a effing potential whatsoever, somebody with personality, somebody that doesn't look like another interchangeable white boy on an indie show uh, doing wrestling. So I completely disagree with this guy. Uh, I'm going to go to you first, uh, uh, Warren, and uh, see what you have to say. Oh, man, you're going to put me in a hot seat already about the Garcia. Um. I watched the match. I was impressed with that match compared to the match they had at first because I did not think Garcia worked really safe with uh, Brian um, the first time they did it. And obviously with Brian having neck injuries and neck past injuries and stuff like that, I would not be taking a pile driver from anybody. So watching that match... Um, and I can see what Cornette's going with with that because you got to see how, I mean, Garcia, I'm sorry, guys, don't hurt, don't shoot the messenger, but Garcia does not look like one of those guys in the wrestling business where you could go to a bar and not want to mess with this guy. Like, Garcia, he's a great talent, great talent. Um, I think he needs to change his ring gear a little bit, maybe go to the long tights or something that gives him more of a different approach. Um, stuff like that but i see what you're saying on that and i kind of do agree with Cornette on some things but you gotta remember Cornette is just very old school and any guy that's under at 180 pounds is not in jim Cornette's approval yeah he's like vince mcmahon he likes them big um i uh i'm not a Cornette fan but i know somebody that is and uh we're gonna let him speak next uh mr cage what do you think about these comments well, I think Corn. I think my man Cornette is always is always on to something. He he wants to see new faces who stand out from the rest of the crowd. And just looking at Daniel Garcia on the surface level, and I'm talking not just from Cornette's perspective, but my own. I wouldn't peg this guy as a future star. Now that being said, regardless of whether I'd bump into bump into him in a bar and and feel like you know. You know, heckle him, heckle on him or anything doesn't matter because I've seen what he can do in the ring. And this guy can, he can really go and he knows how to strike. Uh, but Warren made a good point. I mean, he's still a little green. And even though Daniel Bryan is probably one of the best workers, uh, you know, I've said a million times before, one of the best workers of the last two decades and one, probably one of the safest guys you can work in the ring with, you know, he's got a lot of history with injuries, neck problems, shoulder problems, concussions. I mean, that's what he just missed a lot of time for. So if he's going to be working a stiff match with somebody, uh, he runs the risk of suffering another concussion, unfortunately. But 
Garcia's shown a lot of promise. We'll see what he continues to do in the future. I, I want to tackle something on that real quick. Um, and I think I said this perfectly last time. Um, anybody can do the movesets. And that's one thing we're not understanding is anybody can do the movesets, but you got to have a character. And Daniel, as I mean, Garcia, as good as a wrestler he is, I don't see him as a character. Um, obviously, that's probably why they got him on the Jericho group, just to kind of like broaden his horizon and see if he could really stand out with that group, which I think he has been doing something very well with. And I can tell AEW is looking to put something, a brass ring on this guy in the near future. But here's my thing. I did like the two out of three falls match. I wish it wasn't on free TV. I think that should have been a pay-per-view match. But um, Daniel Garcia, like I said, from the first match, it doesn't matter if you're working stiff or not. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, you're, you're taking a risk at any chance. I mean, look at me. Um, I haven't been in the ring for almost f four years, and I'm taking a risk regardless of, you know, if it's a shoot fight or whatever between the guy that I'm going to get back in the ring with. I'm taking a risk because, all right, I haven't been doing the excessive bumps like, like I was almost four years ago. Like, so you always are taking a risk at that, but it's also you need to learn how to take care of your opponent. And I did not see that with Garcia that first match because, one, Daniel got dropped on his head twice. And if you would have saw that, you could have still prevented that. You could have took care of Daniel instead of literally doing it again and not and definitely did not catch him for that pile driver for anything. That's the one thing that I noticed on those things. But the two out of three falls match was very good. Um, obviously, you could tell Danielson was really excited to work Garcia. Um, he's he's a big he's a pretty up and coming name that people are excited for. But I wish Garcia needs to learn how to pick a character, and that I mean that's a lot of guys I say that too. But Garcia definitely does have a bright future. I don't see him as the you know the top guy instantly now, and I and I agree with what uh, Cornette's saying about Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks. He's a great talent, and you don't see this man at all really on TV anymore. And it's pretty sad because he's one of the original guys, and it's just they've got so many group guys. They just need to learn how to produce as many as they can on TV and, I guess, try to make everybody as happy as they can. <laughs> yeah, so um, in all due respect to both of you, are you guys freaking nuts? This guy is awesome. Dan, okay, so he's kind of a punk for what he did to Jericho, okay? Uh, Jericho is the reason why he's getting the name he is. Uh, but uh, Daniel Garcia, uh, oh, my God. Uh, Marlo, you, 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 you disappoint me. You're joining the side with Donnie Cage. What's the problem? Uh, let's, let's move on before we go any further on this uh, subject. Uh, let's move on. Um, so... What did you, and I'm going to go back to you, uh, Mr. Marlowe, uh, what did you think about CM Punk and John Moxley on Dynamite? <laughs> the three-minute unification. You know, I think you already know my expression on this one. You know my feelings about Punk. Um, I've said it from day one. I 
I'm happy that Phil got to have his, you know, his curtain call to come back to wrestling, whatever. Um, getting knocked out in MMA, I guess that I guess you got to make a something to make your name better again. Um, the match with Moxley, I have so many mixed review, mixed emotions with this one because one, this storyline was drawn out for people to get more invested into Punk, and it went the whole opposite, and. I think Punk was looking at trying to do the storyline because if everybody wants to sit here and tell me, well, you know, Punk tried to defend the title. He wanted to face him. Like, no. Punk told Tony, hey, I'm hurt. I'm keeping this belt. I'm the champ. We had this agreement. Done. Doesn't matter who I'm supposed to be doing it with. And obviously I heard he wasn't supposed to even beat Adam Page, but he would not do the favor for him. That just tells you how Phil has always been. So, I'm not mad about how that match went with him and Moxley, which I'm also wanting to point out. He sold the wrong foot that he supposedly broke in the match. So that's pretty much all I got to say on it. I'm, I'm happy for Moxley, and I will I will definitely say, and I think I said this before when I first got on here, about Moxley. I was never a Dean Ambrose fan. Never was. I really thought he was a skinny version of Mick Foley. And... Just did not know how to wrestle. I will honestly say, for somebody that has had the most positive effect of being in AEW, and it's got to be John Moxley. John Moxley has really proven that he can be a star, and he can be a major standout. And with him being in AEW, that that is something that he has been able to do. Um, I wish he would change his entrance song because I really think Chris Vaughn from uh, Major League is going to come out every time he, his entrance come on. But I will definitely say he has changed a lot in AEW, and he has made that his product. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, one of the things, it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, Trunk did the sold the wrong foot because um, as you, I think we've talked about it in the past, maybe on Messenger, I've got one or two connections in the world of wrestling. and. Uh, they're trying to, t- <laughs> these guys are trying to tell me that, uh, oh, it was one, he put all his weight on it. It's not the one he used to do the kick. And I'm like, come on, man, that's not what he sold. You know what I'm saying? He sold the wrong foot. And uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Mr. Well, the funny thing is, you remember how he jumped off the rope when he first came in the match? I'm sorry to interrupt y'all, but when he first jumped in the ring, instantly I could tell. I was like, man, he. I don't even think he really hurt himself. I honestly don't think he did. I think he just needed to take a break because he got the championship and he's probably burned out. And you know his body is not going to be able to hold up much more. And I think that's honestly what it was. I mean, we could all pitter-patter with Phil as much as we want, man. I've said from day one, if anybody knows me, knows my podcast or anything, I do not like Phil CM Punk Brooks. I don't care what he's done for wrestling. I don't care. I know him by his actual character, by his actual personality, all his actual stuff, and it's not good. And as good as a talent he is, in, he is. He's literally that ego and just all that other stuff is what I honestly will always see. Like I will never be able to see him as that great talent because all I can only say is just how uncooperative he is as a as, as to work with or anything. So that's my honest thing. I'm sorry I cut y'all on that. No, man, you're good. Uh, no, that's why we have you on here because we like your expertise. Uh, yeah, I said uh, actually the 
um, title of our last episode that we had is uh, CM Punk lives up to his name, Punk. Uh, yeah, this guy, he's uh, I've never been a fan. I always think he's been overrated. Uh, but somebody who kind of disagrees with that is uh, Mr. Cage. And uh, what do you think about that last match, sir? So here's my thing. I, I, I do. Th- I do. I would agree that I think he's a little overrated at times, but he has done a lot for the wrestling business. He was held back a lot in WWE during his time there. He, uh, you know, for a while had a, a historic reign as the champion over 400 days, and then things kind of spiraled down. So I can understand him being kind of bitter. I, you know, trying to play devil's advocate a little bit here and understand why he was bitter for so many years. But you know, he had that chance to come back to wrestling in AEW. People embraced him, came back, he won the belt. Okay, great. You know, let's let, let's see it. And, you know, I give him a lot of credit for stepping in there with John Moxley, uh, whether he was 100% or whether this is just a work and he wasn't 100%. But, you know, I still always am going to respect John Moxley, the man, because he seems like he's a guy who was always willing to put people over regardless of what company he worked for. I do think he's a talented wrestler. You know, I'm not saying that either one of these guys have reinvented the wheel in terms of their in-ring work, but John Moxley's a guy, at least his character, you can respect a little bit more than CM Punk, because regardless of how much I like Punk's character on camera, behind the scenes, I think he's kind of a tool, personally, and he buys into his own hype. So, in many ways, as I watch this whole thing unfold on television, I kind of wonder if this was intentional it was Tony Khan's way of maybe sending a message to CM Punk to say, listen, I understand you want to be the champion and everything, but if you're just going to be this egomaniac, we've got tons of guys in the locker room that can hold the belt right now. So we're just going to embarrass you on television and give it back to John Moxley, who's been more of a locker room leader. And that's just the way it's going to go right now, Phil. So I got to wholeheartedly disagree on that. Uh, Tony Khan is not going to... Uh, Tony Khan looks at CM Punk like his bread and butter, man, like his meal ticket. Yeah, he had nothing to do with this. Uh, first of all, this match was supposed to happen at All Out. It was supposed to be the main event, and they were supposed to be hyping this up for the next few weeks. Uh, John Moxley actually uh, requested to have the match now. CM Punk's uh, foot is fine. It's back. He would have never been in that ring if it wasn't better and he wasn't 100%. Uh, he did have, uh, and it's caused him a lot of heat backstage, where he called out Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page. And, uh, and the report is true that last Dynamite, not this one that they just fought, but the one before, uh, he was, it was questioned whether he was going to show up or not uh, for Dynamite. So uh, it, it's just him being arrogant and uh, all about him. It had nothing to do with Tony Khan, I don't believe. No. I mean, you got to think. Tony and, Khan, and, and that, again, that's and again, his number you could, one you fan. right. Tony Khan, I'm sorry, guys. I I will say this to the end. Tony Khan is a fan. He is literally a fanboy, and that's what you got. You could clearly see this because, first of all, an interim champion, like, come on, this that was terrible. And for them, you know, they sit here and try to t- – see, this is the thing I got to say about AEW is they try to say that they're different. They are different than WWE. They're different. They're different. They're different. Okay, this interim championship thing. First of all, why are you holding two belts of the same thing? Because now you've sat here and crapped on WWE for the longest time about that. You're doing the exact same thing. And 
the bad thing about this whole scenario is Tony's trying to book these show book. It, see the demographic that he's trying to do for AEW. He's trying to book it like it's the UFC, and it cannot go that way. Like obviously that has been complete utter BS because now you know those rankings and the stats and all that stuff. It, it's 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 not there. It's it's so. It's just there just to, I guess, to have an attraction, but it's never been point on to what that needs to be. And those are the things that I wish they would focus on, man. If you're going to bring these things in, make them matter. Make this thing go. And gosh, have mercy how many tournaments they got to have every month and for new titles and all this stuff. Like, literally, they're doing the exact same thing that, you know, their other opponents were doing. And it, and, it's, and it's funny because now, and just like how we're all seeing this visual punk, like, I'm sure everybody's seen that viral video where him and Triple H were going at it on uh, SmackDown. And it's point one. And I've said it from day one. I've literally said this always about punk. I said, you know what? People and I even said it when he came back in AEW. I said either he's either gonna be there to be if he's gonna be different. Like when I first saw him come back, I was happy that he came back because all right, you finally got that moment. Oh, CM Punk come back to wrestling. So that's that's a whole new horizon. That's something new. But I even said it on commission. Anybody, if you don't believe me, go check on that episode and see everything that I said about this. I sat there and said, I want to know which Phil is going to be in AEW. Is it going to be the Phil Brooks that literally, hey, it's my way or no way? Or is it going to be the way, you know what, I've gotten older, even though I'm still, I feel like I can still do this, I need to pay this forward. And obviously, yes, in the long run, if I still hype up for the fans, whatever, I can be that champion, I can do that. That did not happen. And, and you could clearly tell. This is the real Phil Brooks that we get now. And this is not the first time that this has happened. This has happened in Ring of Honor. This has happened before he got to WWE. This has happened in all these other spots. And you know that that 400-something record he had? Why are you mad? You dropped it to The Rock. You volunteered. You told Vince you would go heel to be the, the opponent for The Rock. You knew what was going to happen. So... I'm not going to, I can't hear like, oh, you know, they treat him bad or something like that. He knew what he was getting into. He done it. And then he was upset because, you know, hey, I'm not going to get anything, so I'm going to leave. And that's what he did. He thought he was like a stone cold and a rock draw. He thought, oh, man, this is going to drop everything. Everybody's going to drop everything to follow Phil for everything. And, y'all, and everybody is now seeing the real Phil CM Punk. And, I, and I've always said, you know, his gimmick is a perfect name for him. He's a punk. Plot out. That, that's, that's all I will say on that. Go ahead, Donnie. I know you want to do rebuttal something I just said, so go ahead. The only rebuttal, I think everything Warren hit on was, is true. And he's summarizing the type of person that, that Phil CM Punk is. The only rebuttal I'd have to that is that you know, put yourself in his shoes. You know, you're, you have the title for 400 days again, not to get off topic with AEW, but you have the, you have the title for 400 days. You agree. Hey, I'll be the guy who's going to drop the belt to the rock and everything. And in your mind, and I guess maybe through conversations that he had backstage, I, I, again, I don't know if that, that was the case or not. I'm speculating, 
but maybe the conversations he had backstage led him to believe, hey, it's going to be a triple threat main event at uh, WrestleMania. It's going to be you, The Rock, and John Cena and everything. And then somewhere along the way, that didn't happen. Now, again, did, what was he promised that and they and they reneged on it? We don't know. But, you know, if I was in that position and I thought this is going to catapult me into even a, a higher main event status, then, hey, I'd be upset if they, they suddenly backed out of it. Now, that being said, fast forward. My initial thought when he joined AEW was, yeah, he's going to pay it forward working for this company. But no, as we've seen, no, he still wants to be the focal point. He wants to be the champion. And I'm not saying he couldn't have gotten the belt at some point, but did he need it right now? Probably not. Yeah, he, uh, you know, and the only other thing I'll say on on this subject is uh, when he was with WWE, um, I don't think they underutilized him. I think they overutilized him. They overhyped him. Uh, and uh, his fans, I mean, he's got like a cult following, right? His fans love him no matter what. Uh, and that's because of WWE. Let's be honest about it. I mean, they not only put the belt on him for that long. Uh, he was the leader of the Nexus for a while. I mean, they did everything they could. They pushed him as this uh, uh, clean superstar who doesn't, you know, worst thing he does is drink a Pepsi and and what have you. So I I thought Vince actually done right by him, to be honest with you. And I don't believe he's that clean of a superstar in real life, just to be honest with you. Uh, he 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 doesn't do drugs or anything like that. I will say that I'll vouch him for that. But I do love the fact when you said the worst thing he does is drink a Pepsi, and I'm like, yeah, he must love it so much because he's got it on his arm. But Literally, the thing about Phil, and everybody doesn't understand, why were you mad about that WrestleMania? You headlined it. You, I mean, technically, you wrestled The Undertaker. You basically had Undertaker's great, his very last great WrestleMania, if we all want to be real with that. Like, literally, his very last great WrestleMania match that Undertaker's really had before... You know, before he lost his streak and then all those other stuff that went downhill. Like, I don't understand why he was so upset because he literally had to realize, one, you're not over 220 pounds. You don't look like you are a freaking box office draw. And I'm sorry. And I'm not going to sit here and say he's a body guy, but I've seen the Twitter and stuff with where he talks about, you know... He was quoting about the Rock being a part timer stuff, and Rock said, "Hey man, I put butts to the, I put butts in seats, and you literally will never be that draw, and this is clearly showing it." And I saw when he went to AEW, I said, "This will be the only thing he's come close to anything to being compared to Rock or Austin." And now it's proven. Like literally, Punk went there to think, "Okay, I can go be this guy and be the brand." that he thinks he is and which it has not been going that way. Like for the longest time, like this has been a very stale punk and his ring awareness and stuff like that. Like, I think the only really great, great match he had so far there, I'm, I'm not going to lie about y'all. I'm not lying to y'all about it is the one where he wrestled. Um, which one was it? I like the Darby match, but the one, the, the best one's got to be with MJF. Like, those are the really the only ones that really stand out that yeah, I've seen with Punk and his return back. Yep, that's I agree. That's what I was just trying to say, that uh, MJF was 
uh, best match I've seen him in in his return. Um, so Dave Metzer is uh, somebody who, uh, you know, he's he's in the know, uh, definitely in the know. Uh, and he uh, he put out something uh, yesterday that I want to kind of get your guys' take on. I'm going to read all five of them. These are the five possible directions for CM Punk after losing the AEW title. I'm going to read uh, number fifth all the way to number one. Uh, just And I want to get your all's uh, take on this. Number five is CM Punk takes a in, indefinite hiatus from AEW. Uh, number four, CM Punk versus John Moxley part two at AEW all I don't see that happening because I don't think they would have had this match. But anyways, number three, uh, Tony Khan puts CM Punk on the back burner for making it personal with uh, Hangman Page. I don't see that either. Uh, number two, uh, CM Punk embraces a full-blown heel turn. Possible. And number one, CM Punk quietly leaves AEW and returns to WWE due to Triple H being head of creative. I don't know about that, but I'll let- I definitely don't see number one happening. Definitely not. <laughs> that would be very interesting. <laughs> they don't like each other. I, at least I, I've always gotten that impression that those two do not like each other. I mean, you got to think, though. Triple H would do what's best for business, but he could definitely tell. Like, Punk is not that draw. Like... Like he has been preaching about it for the longest time. Like Triple H even said he didn't understand why fans were so behind Punk. Like it was so not normal. Like honestly, I still say to this day, you know, even if it wasn't for Punk, it wouldn't be no Daniel Bryant from the WWE, and we probably wouldn't have got it the big build up for the American Dragon that we get now. But still, I still think Daniel Bryant stand out way more than Punk. Way more than Punk. It's just that Punk was down your throats more than anything and the only reason why punk got any credibility to anything that he was doing was because of that dang pop bomb that pop bomb like literally that's the only reason why you got so much more version of phil because that pipe bomb which we still don't know if it was you know what we call the shoot or the work we don't know which one it was but it happened and people invested into it everyone believed in it and that's what got him over. That's what got Punk completely into a fan stardom as a bad guy was that pipe bomb. And honestly, I haven't seen him drop any pipe bombs since he's been in AEW except that, like I said, the back and forth with uh, MJF was probably the only pipe bomb I could even think. And that's probably like, I would call it, I would call that promo a rating, you know, maybe... A dollar menu off the McDonald's order. I, I I really wouldn't just say, oh my gosh, this was the greatest promo ever, like I've seen so many people say. But it's just the fact that Phil needs to realize Father Time doesn't do well. And, bro, you're supposed to be there to help the talent grow. This is a very young company. And they're having way too much problems right now to keep afloat. And this is literally the same mess that happened with WCW. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think personally that uh, MJF carried Punk during that promo you're speaking about. Uh, absolutely. But which of those five, uh, Warren, and then we'll ask Donnie real quick, uh, which one of those? Any of them that says he leaves. 
I'll say five. <laughs> I mean, he's probably going to do the heel turn thing, but I'll say five. I, I don't. Yeah, it seems like he's been all. building the heel turn since his return here lately. So uh, that I think it's possible. That would only help him. That would be the only thing that will save him. But I don't even think the fans will. Still oh, the get fans have him. tore him up on Twitter since that loss. What do you think, uh, Donnie? I think the heel turn is the most likely scenario. Just knowing Tony Khan and knowing AEW, I also don't see Punk quietly leaving at this point, despite you know the controversy surrounding him no showing. Uh, you know, AEW show. I also right now, you know, I don't, I think the time has, has passed honestly for him to return to WWE. Yeah, that's, that's not happening. <laughs> that's not, I don't, I don't see that happening. Uh, uh, I tell you an awesome quote from John Moxley. Uh, he finally broke his silence after winning uh, the AEW title. And I, I love this guy, man. Uh, I'm not going to quit after, I'm not going to quit for seven years and come back. Exact quote from John Moxley. <laughs> yeah, I mean he said it best, I, and I and I literally got to say, like this story really helped Moxley more than anything because this really showed that Moxley is really that brand, like legit. He is the vocal of AEW now, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and I think that. Uh, he has a lot more, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say pull there, but he has, uh, he, he's getting mm -hmm. the due respect. I think that he's deserved for a while. And, uh, I know he was champion in second, you know, he's two time champ, the first two time champion at WWE, but really after Kenny, Kenny Omega took the belt from him, they really didn't do a whole lot with him, uh, for a long time there. I know that he had some issues with rehab and so forth, but, uh, I think he's getting his due now, and uh, I think it's I think it's past time. And, and you know what, Kentucky guy, it's a really good point you just made, and I just want to say that that's part of what made me at least gain even more respect for John Moxley, the man, because when he decided to check himself into rehab, he admitted that he had a, a problem, and it was starting to impact his personal life and his career, and he said. I'm just going to take the bull by the horns and I'm, and I'm going to deal with this. And when I'm feeling better, I'm going to come back to TV and they'll use me how they're going to use me. And, you know, eventually I'll work my way back up to the main event, which is what he's done. So we're basically saying that Moxley is the legit Triple H of AEW. That's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. Unless, unless we EMJF show yep. back up anytime soon. That is the only thing I think is going to keep them going if MJF shows up. Yeah, I, I have to. Uh, there's a part of me that has to believe that uh, they're not going to do all out without MJF. If if it's really if this has all been a work, right? And, and I don't know. You got to think. WWE's been tampering with the roster already, and Tony Khan's already getting very airy and worried and stuff like this. Like people don't realize, like WWE was still number one, even as bad as the product was for so long. Like it was still number one. AEW was not beating them in the rank rankings and all these ratings that everybody keeps trying to show on faces and stuff like that. And now 
WWE has gotten the wake-up call. They've got this new reality, which I still call it the honey food, honeymoon era. But still, like this is a new thing. WWE is now revamped. And I think Stephanie and Triple H are coming for blood. Like I really don't think this is going to be the end of, you know, okay, just this little close. Like I think Triple H is really seeing this as, you know what? We're going to bring the best we got every week. And y'all can do the exact same. And we're going to see. You know, funny thing up. you mentioned that uh, Johnny Gargano showed up on Raw. And yep. And yeah, I but you, you said SummerSlam, my friend. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, man, it was a little early, too. I was like, that gummit. I was like, ah. Oh. That was like the only prediction I messed up on, too, was Johnny Gargano. Yeah, it was up. really. Like, I still had the results. I went over them the next episode I had. Um, but you know what? Uh, a quote from Dave Messer, uh, this is Triple H's WWE for sure. Because, because and Johnny kind of dropped it uh, when he was doing his promo on Raw, uh, Triple H has recruited and signed uh, uh, Lawrence Regal's son. <laughs> and he's uh, going to show up. And uh, I'm telling you, that's got to rub Tony Khan the wrong way there. Uh, definitely. Apparently, Johnny was, uh, apparently, Tony talked to him, and they were uh, almost in agreement with him coming in that, that Cleveland show. He was supposed to have been out and all out, I think, because Johnny Gargan was supposed to be in, like, one of the new uh, JS members or something. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, he'd been uh, shooting videos on YouTube with the Elite as well, so I thought, I thought it was foregone conclusion that he was going, and then he showed up behind the scenes backstage at uh, Impact. Uh, not here lately, and uh, uh, I think it was a great surprise. I think they timed it just right. They timed it just right for me because first, you wrong about mm -hmm. SummerSlam, which is awesome. And then <laughs> the second thing, the second thing is, uh, yeah, man, he just uh, he showed up and nobody was expecting it. Uh, I think that's. Gonna get How'd you feel about that? How'd you feel about you not getting any teaser video of anything and just Johnny just showing up on the entrance? Like that just shows you that that just showed you like you know how many people really did know who Johnny Gargano was. Because when you heard Rebel Hearts, you never thought you were gonna hear that again in WWE. Because Johnny literally left to be a dad and he said it clearly. And I think Johnny did the best way of promoting himself completely it was like you know i watch everything i watch aw on wednesdays i watch nxt i watch wwe i watch impact i watch new japan like he never gave you any hint that he was just going to stay at one company like how you just said he was on being the elite on the youtube channels he was on impact well he was doing that obviously for alex shelley and stuff like that as well because they've had classics in a long, if anybody wants to talk about watching some good classic matches, those two guys killed it in the Ring of Honor errors and stuff like that. So it's, I thought it was the best way they did it, especially when he got to come back out with his uh boy, with my boy Theory and stuff like that. That just kind of like just shows you, okay, there's something that he can do with that and just help out with that. But it's so good to see Johnny Gargano back because now, I'm honestly saying this now. Johnny Gargano is probably going to be one of the big guys that's going to be the WWE's vocal, vocal champion or something in the near future. Because 
Papa, you know, Uncle Triple H is running everything now, and Johnny Gargano is not going to get booked as a, as a week. Nope, I agree 100%. Uh, did you hear that, Mr. Cage? Uh, he called Theory his boy. Uh-huh. Yeah, so why don't you talk about him now like you usually do? Yeah, this uh, this theory uh, carrying around his uh, shiny briefcase, like, oh, look at me, I'm gonna cash it in one of these days. Uh, yeah, you you've tapped out to the hurt lock against Bobby Lashley twice. You just got super kicked in the face by Johnny Wrestling. Yeah, you have a victory over Dolph Ziggler, which you know, you know, great. Uh, you know, Dolph, you know, he's a great workhorse, but he hasn't really been that relevant in recent years, unfortunately. Which is a shame for Dolph because he's really talented. But uh, you know. Theory's an up-and-comer. I'm not trying to just bash him and everything, but I think we need to not get a little too ahead of ourselves because a couple months ago when Papa Vince was still around, it was like, oh, Theory's going to cash in. He's going to become the next WWE Universal Champion. I'm like, no, no, no. Slow your roll. He's still young. He's still got to grow. Maybe in a couple of years, we'll go back to that well. Now you- That's a hit or miss. And I got to say about the Dolph Ziggler thing, man. Dolph does his role. You got to think. So many of these guys have different jobs outside of WWE as well. Like, Dolph Ziggler is one of the most busiest ones on that roster. He's got a comedy stand-up. He does improv. He does all these other skits. Like, Ziggler will tell you, like, he loves what he's doing. Like, he's not mad where he's at. He's not mad where he's booked or anything. Like Dolph is enjoying himself. And that match that he did with theory, I loved it. I thought it was very well done. I love the fact that theory and Dolph really gave a very contested match. Like they, I mean, Dolph out of anybody finally sold a match to where you could believe into a super kick again. And I'm telling you, it's very rare to see that anymore because Superkick is so overdone in matches. And I will say this about Theory, man. A lot of people don't know about the truth about, you know, Austin White. And Austin White is Austin Theory in WWE. And I will tell you this right now. He was a huge, huge inspiration to so many independent guys in the Georgia and Alabama era. I will tell you that right now. Like, he, from day one, if you would have met him, he would have told you one day he would be headlining a, a show with John Cena. One day he would be at WrestleMania. Like, he told, he would tell anybody, like, that was the ultimate goal for him at all times. Was not any other backup plan. He literally said, I'm going WWE. And this is not even four years ago. And now, look at this man. This dude is all over the screen. I mean, you got to think it this way. Theory is doing exactly what a great heel should do. I mean, as much as people want to get mad, you know, he's stuffed around our throats, but like Theory has got a reaction. Every time he comes out there, he's got a reaction like how the Miz got when Miz was the Money in the Bank champion. Like, this is legit how you're getting this. Like, I say Theory is going to have the cash in Money in the Bank kind of like how Seth Rollins did. And how Miz did. Like it's going to be so teased in so much. And it'll probably be like a rumble. Or maybe close to that Wrestlemania. When he finally does cash in. It's just a matter of time. This is giving him time to grow. This is time to get him reps. And I really tell you right now. Theory has not dropped the ball one bit. No I think he's uh, I think he's done very well. Before and there's a lot to unpack. In WWE. 
let's talk about let's finish up with AEW real quick. Um, there was a meeting, a mandatory meeting that Tony Khan had uh, with the before Dynamite, right? <laughs> so I'm going to give you a quote that Dave Metzer uh, got from one of the wrestlers. Uh, one of the wrestlers noted that to us that uh, Khan made it very clear he was not going to be a pushover for demands by the talent. Uh, they have uh, they have been a lot of incidents where talent of late has made demands on what they want in regard to the pay-per-view. And in some cases, Khan has done that thinking uh, the proposed ideals are better uh, than the ones that he had. However, Khan was not the hardest speaker in the room. If you thought Tony Khan was going to be the one to lay down the law in the AEW locker room, you're wrong. Definitely. It was Executive Vice President Kenny Omega who laid down the law to the wrestlers at this meeting. Uh, and his speech was very harsh, but he called it tough love. And I see that. I think he's got the perfect Executive Vice President in Omega. I can, Omega's got the, uh, he's got the respect, you know, he's been there. He's done that. I followed Omega back in new Japan, uh, years and years ago. And he's got that respect because these other guys, especially these guys that come from independent wrestling, uh, they know what he's went through and what he's had to overcome to be the household name that he is. What are, what's your thoughts? Marlo. All right, so like I said, Tony is a fanboy. Um, I think, obviously, what else did you expect? Like, you're going to have Omega speak up. You're going to have Jericho speak up. You're going to have the Young Bucks speak up because this is all they got. Oh, actually, not Jericho. Like, this is what Omega and the Young Bucks got because this is their product, honestly. Like, people <laughs> got to realize, like, Omega came back early because he knew of the reactions that AEW was getting right now. Uh, ratings jumped up. When you heard Kenny Omega pop back up, I I think ratings popped up a lot better um, this week than last week because of Kenny Omega, and which was kind of crazy that he showed up in West Virginia out of all places. So it was um, it's just a nerve wracking thing because like honestly, you got to have that leader in the locker room, and I think Kenny Omega is gonna be that guy because Kenny knows he knows wrestling. I mean, he's he's wrestled in one of the toughest areas there is to wrestle and i would tell people all the time you know if you want a longevity in wrestling don't wrestle in new japan um <laughs> i just be very clear with it like you know hey you can't protect yourself when you get dropped on that head that's disrespectful to them and stuff like that so um i'm not shocked about it and this is just to go to show more that AEW is not as controlled as everybody thought. And you know how everybody used to think, oh, AEW is a freelance. When I say a freelance, like, oh, your opinions matter. Oh, you get so much freedom to go wherever you want to go. But now, oh, if you want to go to WWE, oh, if WWE is acknowledging you since Papa H is running this, that's a no-no. You can't do this. I think now the freedom is starting to close up. There's about to be handcuffs again on these wrestlers. And I think that's going to make a lot of them just self-destruct and be like, I'm not happy here. I'm not I'm not doing this. I don't like this. Why am I having to put over Phil? Why am I having to deal with this such a thing over here? Why am I always on elevation and dark like this? Like, of course, a lot of talent's going to get upset because you got a lot of release big talent names to come and replace all your original talents that you sat here and preached 
they are your main pillars of this product. And I mean, it's, I, I'm not shocked about this. I mean, it was going to happen. I, that's one thing I said. It's going to be tough to run this wrestling business because you got a lot of egos. You've got a lot of egos, and the generation now, everybody believes they're a main eventer. Everybody believes they're a main eventer. So you're going to upset tons of a locker room just because of everybody's visual. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, uh, Donnie, what would you think about that? Also, I wanted to know one thing real quick. Um, to remedy some of these things that they're going through, they need to do a brand split. And Rampage needs to go to two hours. That's just my opinion. Uh, but anyways, uh, Donnie, what what'd you have to think about the meeting? I mean, I'm glad that someone spoke up and, and laid down the law because I think the biggest issue you had for a while, AEW was basically like, look at us. We're fresh. We're new. This is where you can be creative and speak your mind and do what you want compared to WWE where they just put the handcuffs on you everywhere. Well, you know, a lot of these guys, when they would get let go from their contracts, whether it was due to budget cuts or whatever in WWE, immediately they jump ship to AEW and Tony Khan would sign them and, hey, oh, look, look, Keith Lee's showing up on television and this guy's showing up and Tony Storm's showing up and Ruby Soho and et cetera, et cetera. But it's like now you realize, well, wait a second, we've got a lot more people here now. And like Warren said, we've got, you know, competing egos somebody's got to lay down the law and say, listen, guys, we want you to make your voices heard and we want you to feel like you can express yourself here and everything, but we can't just acquiesce to every single person's, uh, you, you know, re requests, you know, oh, well, I want to work a program with this person. I want to work a program with that. Well, you know what? I want a million bucks, but that's just not just going to magically appear out of thin air. Someone, and in this case, it was Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Somebody's got to say, listen, Here's how it's going to go if you want to work here. If you got a problem with that, well, I mean, there's the door. Yeah, they've they've had a lot of problems. One of the things that we found out also after Dynamite was that uh, um, a guy that I, I, I can't stand, uh, uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, actually was suspended from the show. Uh, but now it looks like Tony Khan, and this is Tony Khan's thinking, I just don't understand it. Uh, he's thinking about main eventing these guys at All Out uh, between Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guerrero, which is crazy. I, I think it's a mistake. Let it go. Let it go. What do you think, sir? Which one? Yeah. Me? Oh, man. I'm not saying Eddie Kingston. I've said it from day one. I don't think Eddie Kingston is... Uh... I would say he's like a Sabu in this new generation. Like he really, his matches ain't matter or anything until it's like a specialty match with weapons or something like that. And Kenny Omega, I'm uh, my bad. Eddie Kingston, he uh, complains way too much for for him to be that solid, you know, rough neck. I've come out of prison attitude that he has. He really sounds super soft. And I've seen so many people like that in my days when I was on shows and stuff like that. And it, it gets it gets tiring. Like, I've seen the thing where they were talking about his promo with Sammy. If you had a problem with what Sammy said, you talk to him in the back. You don't put it on a tweet. Like, 
Unless if you literally, I mean, unless this is really just a build-up work, which that could be the case, you know, and I think this is what Tony is probably doing too to kind of like make it more controversial because he, he's losing press. Like, people don't realize it. Tony is losing a lot of press right now. Like, you're getting more critics than you're getting actual fans watching this business anymore. And that's where you get those troubling. So you're going to have to try to make these real things happen to get your eyes on this product. So, and I've known plenty of things that Sammy has probably upset people plenty of times, but man, Eddie Kingston just stop whining. Like, I I don't know what else to say. I think Sammy can back <laughs> it up though, unlike Eddie. Go ahead, Donnie. I was just going to say that. I mean, look, Sammy Guevara's attitude problems backstage have been kind of well documented. I think he's got. A, I think he's got a lot of maturing to do as far as how he how how he conducts himself and everything. But he is talented as far as his in ring ability. There's no question his matches can be really exciting. I mean, he and Cody Rhodes put on a great match, uh, the very first match ever on AEW Dynamite, and I still remember that match to this day. But my point is, like, he can back it up in the ring. Eddie Kingston, I have honestly never understood the appeal of this guy. Everybody's like. Oh, he's just an underappreciated talent and everything. Talent at doing what? Like taking out a couple of weapons and bleeding? I mean, that doesn't take talent. Anybody can bleed. And anybody can hit someone with a baseball bat or a barbed wire um, two by four or take a table spot. I, I, I mean, Sting has taken table spots at 62 years of age for crying out loud. I mean, I just, you know, Eddie Kingston. You know, maybe he, in his own way, he's trying to be like a locker room leader by saying you shouldn't have a, a bad attitude if you're a young and up and coming wrestler. But I just, I, I, I don't agree. I mean, I agree. I, I don't see this being the main event at all out. I think that's, that would be a really stupid decision if they decided to do that. I don't even think we need to see a Sammy Guevara, Eddie Kingston program, to be honest. I think it's a waste of Sammy's talent to face Eddie Kingston at all out. Uh, He's a uh, he's too good of a talent man. Uh, so let's so on WWE right. Uh, Vince Russo made a statement that I think that uh, it, it's caught a lot of attention. I think it's really if WWE goes this way, I think it's going to really hurt <laughs> AEW, especially the way things are going there now. Uh, Vince Russo said that WWE is possibly going to break a 14 year company rule. In the Gunther versus Sheamus match, uh, he said that uh, WWE went to uh, PG in 2008, and uh, he can't remember a time that he saw anyone since then get busted open. But he thinks that Sheamus busting open a furious Gunther uh, would put that match over. And I, I got to say, he's right. I know here a while back that they were trying to switch back to like. Uh, PG television 14 or something. And uh, I think they finally may have got that approved. And uh, this clash at the uh, castle, I think is going to be the uh, push off for it. What do you think, Warren? Well, that's going to be the match. Oh, the night. I'm sorry. I really think Seamus and Gunther are going to kill it. Um, I would definitely say this. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Gunther show color. And any of the matches that I've seen so far, I mean, the match I still talk about, and I think we talked about it when I first came on here, was uh, when we talked about where Gunter versus uh, Dragunov. 
And my goodness, what a match that was. Like, I was trying to understand, like, why they got this little guy built up to face Walter. And then I saw how he took all those slaps and all the chops and all that. <laughs> Gunther is going to be the newer big guy pretty soon. And now that Triple H is here, nobody's got any worry about what is about to be for Gunter. And I will say this. I have most utmost respect for Gunter because Gunter changed his body to be in where he's at right now. And the match with Sheamus, I'm looking so forward to it because this is going to be, it's going to be a hard-hitting match. I mean, you got to think of this way. Both of them are pasty chest guys. So you're going to see their chest completely red. Sheamus's chest is going to be as red as his hair. Gunter... Might actually, I think it would make Sheamus look super strong if Gunter actually did. Yeah, I agree. Up. And I think it'd put that match over as well, uh, just like uh, Russo said. You know, a lot of people don't like Russo. I, I respect the guy. Man, he was a writer and a famous writer for years for the company. Uh, and I think he done a lot of good things. He's done a lot of crappy things too. I know that. But uh, his predictions are usually spot on. What do you think about it, Donnie? Listen, bro, you got to understand, bro, the way the way that you got to get some color, bro, to actually. <laughs> no, um... yeah, that's pretty spot on, man. I give you props. Look, Vince Russo did do a lot for WWE back in the day, um, you know, as far as writing behind the scenes. So you have to give him credit for that. You know, he was one of the. One of the reasons why, at least behind the scenes, the Attitude Era was so popular. He came up with a lot of stupid angles in WWF and WCW back in the day as well. No question about that. He also did some stupid stuff when he was writing for TNA. But back to what he was saying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I definitely feel that a switch to TV 14, if it leads to more intense matchups, is only going to be benefit WWE in the end because as we've seen, AEW is not afraid to hold that doesn't hold back with a lot of their matches, and WWE shouldn't either. At, le at least when it's when it's justified, when you have the proper build up, you have a matchup between guys like Sheamus and Gunther. Yeah, you really should rack rack up the intensity as much as you can. I would say the ratings really ain't going to change it. If they keep booking the shows like how they're doing right now, and if they can keep the stories making sense, and the thing is everybody's got to realize too is WWE's really focusing on character-based wrestling again. And this one should be a big powerhouse fight match between two behemoths. Um, I'm, I think with Sheamus coming home, I mean, coming in an area where he's at now, I think that's going to be just even more spot on amazing. And then, of course, Gunter, like this is going to be another star rating for him. Um, but the thing that you said about Vince Russo, um, if anybody don't remember, the really big acknowledgement that Vince ever really got was the idea with him Stone, with Stone Cold and Vince McMahon seen in the, in the hospital. Like, that was really the main one that he really put all together, especially with the bedpan idea and stuff like that. So, those, I mean, Vince Russo definitely did some cool things, and I do say he does do great on predictions, but he does expect for way too much more publicity than he did get in wrestling. But 
I'm looking so forward to this match. This is going to be one of those matches that it's going to be super hard hitting. Um, it's going to be like you're almost watching an NXT UK match. That's one thing I'm going to probably just end off on that. Because that match is going to be, you're going to hear these chops through the entire TV building, wherever. <laughs> you might even hear it from all the way from right where I'm at in Jacksonville, Florida. How hard that chop is going to be. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be incredible. <laughs> there's right now, there's five matches on the card for a uh, clash of uh, clash at the castle. Uh, let's get some predictions. Let's just keep it going with Seamus and Gunther. Uh, uh, Marlo, we'll start with you, then Donnie, and then I'll give my prediction. Who do you predict? I want Seamus to win, but I, I think obviously with Gunther. But I think this would be a good match for Gunter to actually lose his blitz. So Sheamus. are you picking Sheamus? Gotcha. Yeah, I want I want Sheamus to win. Mr. Cage? I think I'm gonna go with Gunther retaining. I think it's gonna be a hard hitting match. I think there are gonna be a lot of near falls, but I don't see the ring general dropping it yet. Uh I have to I have to say I think Sheamus is actually gonna take this one. I don't know how long he'll hold the title. I think maybe uh you got to remember where this has taken place at, right? Uh, which I don't know UK as well, but, you know, they're moving UK NXT to Europe. Uh, so I got to I gotta pick Sheamus on this, and then maybe they'll have a rematch back on SmackDown or Raw, and he'll drop it back to Gunther. But I don't think he'll hold it long, but I do think that he, uh, he may win this one. Uh, the next match, which I don't understand why they even got this guy in a main event like this, but you got Drew McIntyre, Jesus, uh, versus Roman Reigns. Uh, Drew McIntyre is probably the worst wrestler on WWE. That's my opinion. But uh, uh, Marlo, we'll move on to you, sir. Uh, what's your prediction on that match? Hey, he's better than Eddie Kingston. I'll say that, though. <laughs> um, this is going to be Drew's payoff. This is going to be Drew McIntyre's payoff. At home, this is to repay him for basically headlining a WrestleMania with no fans. This is going to be the payoff. So I'm saying Donnie. McIntyre. Well, as, well, uh, you may you may be surprised by this uh, Kentucky guy because I am a Drew fan, and I think that that would be a great moment for him to win it in his home country, in in, in front of in front of all those fans. But I don't think that they are ready to end the Tribal Chiefs' reign just yet. I think there's some more uh, elements that are going to be introduced to this storyline, particularly with the recent return of Karrion Cross. So I don't actually see Drew winning, taking the belt off the Tribal Chief. Yeah, so first of all, it surprised me that this hasn't turned into a triple threat match with Cross in it. Uh, my prediction would probably be different. Uh, of Cross was a part of this match, but uh, yeah, man, the bloodline, of course, my tribal chief, he's going to win, of course. Uh, so that's my pick. Uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship, uh, Liv Morgan, uh, who amazingly is still champion, uh, is defending against Shayna Baszler. Your thoughts, sir? Um, I think Shayna. I want Shannon to win. It's been longer we're done. I feel so bad for Liv on this because she got that Kofi Kingston moment and it literally shattered in front of her so quick. I, I That's one bad thing with fans, man. 
They can love you for a second and then turn on you an instant. And that's what we're getting. So I think it's time. And with Papa H in the building, Shayna Baszler about to be that main heel once again. And we'll have gold on the women's Yeah, And I've got to so say something. I'm going with Shayna Smackdown Baszler. and Raw, they always seem to run better when the female champion is a heel and you've got the baby face chasing them. I don't know why, but it's always been that way. Like Sasha Banks and Flair and uh, Becky Lynch and Rousey. And uh, it's just, uh, I think uh, I think you're spot on on that one. Uh, what do you think, Donnie? Liv had a great moment winning the belt at, uh, you know, at Money in the Bank. And they completely botched her uh, reign so far. Uh, she did not look strong at SummerSlam. I was amazed that she walked away with a victory over Ronda Rousey. She did it by the skin of her teeth. She has not been booked well, and I and I do feel bad for her because I feel like she's worked at it to, to get better in the ring and to get the fans to support her. But I'm with Warren on this one. I think this is going to go Shayna Baszler all the way. Yeah, I mean, Liv Morgan, if you look at Liv Morgan, and you, you, I mean, you don't see champion, I don't think. Uh, Shayna Baszler, man. I think, now there's somebody who hasn't been booked well. I mean, for God's sake, they teamed her up with that big girl, Nia Jax, who, like, destroys her opponents for real because she's so damn close. So, uh, <laughs> then the next uh, the next one on the card is uh, <laughs> Alexa Bliss, uh, Asuka, and Bianca Belair, the big ponytail girl. Uh, and they're going to face my favorite females in the division right now, and that's Bailey and her faction, which... Uh, uh, I think are amazing. Uh, Dakota Kai and uh, Io Young, uh, Sky. I can never get that name right. Anyways, they're going to have a six-woman uh, tag team match. Uh, your uh, prediction, sir? I think you're not bringing Bailey back to lose, so I'm going with Bailey's group, man. That's That's got to be it. You're not bringing Bailey back and losing. Donnie? Sorry. I would have to, I would I would agree. I mean, right now Bailey's faction has way too much momentum to lose here. The one thing I will say is unless they're building towards an immediate feud between one of the members and Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title, I don't see Bianca Belair taking the pinfall loss. So it probably would end up being Asuka, unfortunately, or Alexa Bliss taking the pinfall loss for their team. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Um but uh I don't I don't know why they keep the title on this chick. Uh, okay, I'm not going to we'll get into that. And then the last match on the card that they've posted so far, uh, Seth Rollins, uh, who I think is one of the best wrestlers uh, in the world right now in all divisions. And I watch them all too, Marlo, just like you. I watch uh, uh, the uh, Impact, NXT. Uh, I do it all, man. There's not enough hours in a day to name them. But uh, yeah, versus Riddle. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and give you my pick now. I'm going to actually go first on this one. And it's got to be Seth Rollins all the way. Uh, he's good at putting people over, but he's put too many over, I think, uh, with the Cody Rhodes thing and then the uh, uh, the food feud that he had with Edge. And I just think uh, this is his payoff. What do you think, Marlo? I got to say Riddle. I, I, gotta, I honestly have never been a fan of this guy. And Riddle has grown so freaking much. His promos, his interaction. And he actually is showcasing as a character now. It's not just a 
MMA guy pretending to be a pro wrestler. Like, he is legit a character. So, I got to go with Riddle. I, I think they've been beating Riddle up enough. I think Riddle's going to win this one. And I love how they've yep, been doing Yep, this. I agree. Perfect. I'll tell you one thing before we get to Donnie. Uh, I think this match right here is going to steal the show. I said that last week uh, on our last episode. Now, that was before Sheamus and Gunther match. But uh, between yeah. the two, man, I think uh, I think those two are going to steal the show. I really do. Donnie, what's your prediction? Going with the original bro riddle. Donnie, can you do me a favor? And we're gonna then we're gonna get into let Marlo uh, promote his final match in November. Uh, can you, uh, since he enjoyed your Vince Russo imitation, uh, can you do Jim Cornette, please, 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 please? <laughs> and then the match that you have coming up is Seth Rollins versus the original bro, Matt Riddle. Now, both of these guys are talented workers, but I got to give the edge to Seth here. He's been putting a lot of people over month after month after month. I can totally see him winning with the curb stomp or doing something dirty to win the match. You just don't want to have Seth Rollins lose nonstop. <laughs> I thought I was the guy from Kentucky, man. What, what What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, you... You mentioned that uh, got a gift. Uh, Kenny Omega, you were surprised he showed up in West Virginia. It'd have been beautiful if he showed up in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, with his biggest fan, Jim Cornette. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would have been interesting. <laughs> that would have been very interesting. All right, so buzzing with Marlo. Uh, had a chance to watch a few episodes and catch up. Uh, you've had some, uh, pretty interesting guests on there and I thought it was pretty amazing. Uh, like I told you, I had watched, uh, half of the hundred year or a hundred episode anniversary. I've watched it all now. Uh, pretty phenomenal mm -hmm. how that plays out. Yes. It's a, it's a long video guys, but you need to watch that till the end. Cause that, that shocked me a little bit. <laughs> it would have shocked me more. Uh, if you like, if I hadn't found out on the show previously that you were going to have your last match against that guy. Uh, because I didn't see it, did not see it coming. I thought you guys, yeah. uh, I thought that went perfectly. Uh, so, let's, uh, so go ahead, sir, and let's uh, let's talk about your uh, opponent coming up for your last match in November. And where's it? Is it going to be in Florida or? Uh, we're still working on that right now. It might be in Florida. It's probably going to be in Jacksonville. We're we're. Aiming for Jacksonville or Palatka. Those are the only two spots right now. Guaranteed just for based off of size of the venue for a crowd right now. We've already sold, which is crazy. We still don't even have like full on guarantee for a building. We've already sold ringside completely out. And that is still crazy to me. Like literally we've still sold almost a hundred tickets and we still don't even have the guarantee on a venue yet. So we had to change the venue because of size. And um, I'm wrestling El Nino. Um, everybody check out the 100th episode. I know it kind of sucks now that I'm spooling it out now. Uh, we Like how a, a Kentucky guy said was um, literally we teased it the entire episode. And my reaction, because I wear a mask, and my reaction was I slipped the mask on, 
don't say nothing. I said, be careful what you wish for because you just got it. And I've had so many people tell me, like, man, that legit made me have goosebumps when you made that comment. Because I kind of made it look like my mic wasn't working or anything like that. So I could make that visual to just put that mask on and tell the story of, you know, this guy has been talking mess about me for a whole four months. Talking mess about all my guests. Like, I made this story, like, on my 100 episode, you know, hey. I'm going to bring this guy on just to hear him talk, and then I'm cutting him off after, our, and that's it. And then we're going to go in and celebrate the 100 episode. I teased it in the entire episode of me and him back and forth. And I've got to say, I love the build up to it. Um, boy, better be ready. I will tell you that right now. I've been in the ring. I'm back and going. Uh, if you want to see my workout videos, I've put on 15 pounds of muscle and not even... Not even after my three or four months in, I have been putting so much effort into this. I've died insanely. People have told me I look even better than I did before I was American Prodigy. Um, El Nino, you better be ready because I'm coming in there, buddy, and this work is ready to come, and you about to be wrestling Mr. Red, White, and Blue. And I'm looking forward to it. It's my last one. You are going to see everything of me. If you... um. I've seen me before. Don't miss this one because I promise you, even if everybody is so excited about that podcast, that episode, I guarantee you this will be one of the absolute best performances you've ever gotten out of me. And I got to say this also, Buzzing with Marlo Season 4 starts back this upcoming Friday for Season 4, Episode 101. So I've got a lot of good things also. Kentucky guys also acknowledge that I have a segment called Let's Talk About It. I do them on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time um, with a good friend of mine that I've known since fifth grade. Uh, we just have a male and a female's visual of, you know, asking the tough questions. You know, the tough questions males are scared to ask females and the tough questions that females are scared to ask males. And we, we have an absolute blast on it. We go for two hours and it's just a great, great chat. So. I thank y'all for having me back. This is awesome. Awesome. Definitely love that Jim Cornette interaction. I, the uh, Let's on. Talk thank About you. It um, may be my favorite part. <laughs> oh. you definitely yeah, see that a different Cole side Holtz, man. She brings out something a little that. bit different in you. You know, you can tell you guys are buddies, but going back to the 100th episode, uh, I have to agree when you when it flipped over and you put that mask on and then you were standing there i was like whoa like i didn't see that coming and another thing what was behind this dude did he did he really have poor like connection he kept getting cut off like all through it you cut him off no i cut it off <laughs> <laughs> like i said man he was talking mess about me for four months straight I never made a comment about it. I made like, you know, a little gesture just to like, hey, all right, brush it off, whatever. Like I didn't make anything serious of this. Like I legit didn't even know we were going to make this a match until we did the episode. And I heard exactly all this stuff that he's been saying about me on the indies and stuff like that. And guys even told him like, hey, man, we've all tried to get Warren back. We've all tried to get him back in the ring. There's no way you're going to get this guy back in the ring. And. When I got the doctor clarification, say, hey, you're good to go. That was it for me. I 
I legit said, you know what? I've been watching all these guys and me getting selected for that indie pro wrestling game coming out in October. Um, I wanted people to actually see that. Oh man, you know this guy like four years ago, man, he was he was really awesome. Like this type of superhero look, like he legit was a very good performer. And I don't want I don't want that saying. I want you know what? You're gonna see this boy, Warren Marlowe, American Prodigy, a newer American Prodigy, come out in a brand new song, brand new gear. I'm coming out looking the best I ever can, shape wise, everything. Like I've said, this this emoji boy. Whatever. He better be starting doing some sit-ups and squats or whatever because I'm coming to beat the living mess out of this guy. He sat here and messed with me, pestered me forever. I've sat here waited two months now since we've done this episode. We did it in, in the end of June. I've sitting here waiting for this man to give me an announcement exactly when we're going to do this thing. And he's been running away. So I will be getting that clarification very, very soon. I'm looking forward to this match more than anything because I'm getting to wrestle in front of, I'm getting to wrestle a show where my daughter, my three-year-old daughter is going to be able to see me wrestle. My wife, she's going to see me wrestle for my very last one. Um, my last match that I ever had was not my best one. And this is the reason why I'm doing it because I want my good match. I want to have that great farewell. I'm not going to be like Ric Flair having 17 retirement matches. I'm legit saying this is it. This is my last match. This is something that I can be proud of. I love it. And, you know, Cousin with Marlo has been a great success. You know, I'm giving this mainly for the audience as well for them because everybody knows I was that wrestling guy. As much as I wanted to avoid it, and Kentucky guy, you know it very well. Like, I tried to just... Just have a conversation about my stuff, but everybody still asks me stuff about regarding wrestling stuff. So I never could get away from it. So I thought about it for a long time. I got the clarification and the rest was history. And just the way that episode went, I knew we did what was right for it. And I knew that is the pe the best way to build this thing up, get us ready to go. And man, pretty soon it's going to be one-on-one. -on -one. El Nino versus Mr. AP, or we want to call him Mr. Buzzing with Marlo because I'm coming and I'm buzzing on in and I'm buzzing a nice little foot. There you up, go. Up yeah, up he's just an Andrade butt. wannabe. I mean, sure, I've seen the guy. Uh, I think you got it. No problem, bro. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, cannot wait to watch it. Um, also, uh, Buzzing with Marlo, uh, you guys uh, mark it down on your calendars. Uh, as of right now, Friday, September 9th, uh, I'll actually be on the. Yeah. September second. September second yeah, will be me. episode. I'll uh, be there. On episode one hundred and one. <laughs> it's not always. Oh yeah, my bad, my bad. I got you. Yep. It's not always about you, bro. Come on now. It's gonna be a lot no. of fun too. <laughs> but you guys get a chance to check him out uh, once again, uh, Warren. Thank you so much for showing up, man. You've always been there uh, to help me get this podcast off the ground, and I really appreciate it. By the way, I stole your calendar thing. I'm using it now, so uh, thank. <laughs> you're not the first uh donnie you're do you have anything first. for our guest bud before we go i just want to thank you for joining for joining us warren it's great to have you to talk wrestling and man best of luck best of luck with your final match i appreciate it man thank you and thank y'all for having me uh definitely if y'all ever need a guest y'all let me know I'm on thousands of wrestling podcasts, 
probably every other week or something like that. So I'm always welcome to give my knowledge on wrestling. And guys, check out this awesome podcast. This this podcast is so much fun. I have a great time. Kentucky guy, you you, you a heck of a heel in ways too. So it, it's just awesome. Just great job. And Donnie, thank you. Like your Jim Cornette and uh, I gotta say the Vince Russo one was so spot on. I legit thought we were talking. Oh, come Vince on, man! Russo. His I mean, head's Vince already Russo big enough. Side. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, bro, don't go stunting, bro. All right, oh, yes, sir. A pleasure having you. We'll yeah, definitely man, thank you. Uh, if everything works out okay and you don't get too busy, try to have you back before that last match, one final, so you can give all the details and put it out there man because we're going to do everything we can to try to help you promote that uh you're a good friend of the show we appreciate it all right guys so you've been listening to against the mat wrestling podcast with your host the kentucky guy and donnie cage along with our special guests and the creator and host of buzzing with marlo warren marlo hey you guys have a great rest of your day and as always god bless god bless america thank you all